Hello and welcome to episode 52 of the Unrenowned Podcast, where we talk about Siege. What do we like about Siege? What we do not like about Siege. 52. You know what that number is, Ryan? Uh, it's 52. It's 50 plus 2. Yes, it is not our one-year anniversary, although it's 52 weeks. Our one-year anniversary is actually next week. Next Friday. Strange. So you can, you can congratulate us then. Yes. Because I know um, you're just waiting to. Anyway. We accept gifts. I'm Ryan. He's Chris. I'm Chris. Uh, it's probably going to be a little bit of a shorter episode today just because we're in that period, right? He knows exactly what's in the patch because we've all been playing it and it's in the test server and everything and it's not out yet. So it's that weird downtime. Yeah, we're chilling. We're, we're everybody's chilling, having a good time. And we've been playing Battlefield. Yeah, I'm not even playing Siege right now. I've I've been playing Battlefield, a little bit of Rocket League, Mass Effect 3. Mass Effect 3, huh? Yeah, Battlefield 5, by the way. Battlefield 5, unfortunately. You know why we play Battlefield 5? Not because it's good. Because well, it's really it's, not. it's not bad. It's not bad. No, it's not awful. It's fun because it's Battlefield. But it's because you can actually play with your friends and not get kicked out to the other team because of auto yes. balance. So Battlefield 4 is our favorite, right? Yeah. Or Battlefield 3? I like Battlefield 4 better. I think I like 4 better. Might be because I just spent more time in it. But. We, we played Battlefield 3 and Battlefield 4 quite a bit. Um, and then eventually got fed up with Battlefield 4 because almost every online server has this auto-balance feature that in the middle of the game will like try to balance the teams if it's not going well, right? And But it will, it'll break up your squad. So it's like we have four of us playing together and it puts one or two of us on the other team and it won't let you switch back. And, and so it's not like we're carrying a team. We're like probably are in the middle of the scoreboard. Yeah. We're, we're not nobody's. really doing that much. We're just having a good time together and it right. moves us to the other team it, to make yeah, it just, someone else. It just shuffles people and you can't play with your friends. And so then you have to quit the server and find a new server. And it's just like it's such a hassle just trying to play with your friends, which is so stupid. And the problem is people think that's good. Yes. People think it's okay. They think it's ridiculous that you should be able to squad up with five people and play a game to win. It's they think that's silly. not cool. Which anyway, no that's why we're playing Battlefield Five, um, and I'm trying to finish my uh, run through of the Mass Effect games that I started a long, long time ago. So a very finally, long time ago, finally started Mass Effect Three. And I never finished either. I played one and two, and then I just didn't finish. You should play Three. Three is really good. Yeah, and I know. Um, also, I've been streaming it. So if you want to come watch me, I'm Rai Guy on Twitch, Twitter. No Twitter. <laughs> I'm Twitch not Rai Guy on Twitter. It's taken. Twitch, YouTube, and Mixer. Rai Guy. W R Y G U I. Come follow me. Come hang out. It's fun. T Y T M. Titum. What? Titum. Twitch, YouTube, Twitter. T Y T M. Of course. And Mixer. He's Rai Guy and Titum. You're you're dumb. Uh, also, I decided, and I'm not sure when I'm going to start this, but I want to do the month of shooter campaigns. I just want to dedicate a month of my gaming time to like I'm going to play through the Titanfall two campaign. Battlefield 1, Battlefield 5, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare when that comes out. Like, I just, I want to play through all these shooter campaigns, Wolfenstein, that I haven't played because I love shooter campaigns and I just, like, haven't been able to keep up with them, so. What are the chances you actually buy Call of Duty Modern Warfare? Um, depends if I actually do the <laughs> month of shooter campaigns, <laughs> but I want to do that, so follow me and I want to stream it and just, like, have a good time, just chill playing through shooter campaigns. Would you buy that just for Captain Price? Mm, maybe. I do love me some Captain Price. It looks like a fun game. It does look like I know a lot of people that have already pre-ordered it, and I'm like, you are nuts. That is silly. Pre-ordering Call of Duty is not a good idea. What have you been playing? any game. Huh? What have you been playing? You haven't been playing Siege, you said. Just Battlefield? Battlefield, yeah. Rocket League. The huge. Okay, well, let's talk about Siege, because this is a Siege podcast, actually. 
So we have had four updates to the test server since our last episode. And so we'll go through those. And then I think that's really it. And then we'll just do some questions. Anything else you want to... Do you have a Reddit post? I do have a Reddit post. Okay, we have a Reddit post. Reddit post of the week. We haven't done that in a while. Okay, so let's go through these patch notes. So like I said, there's been four patches since we started. And then they like stopped. So the last patch was August 29th as of the time we're recording this. Um, so there's an August 26th patch. So we're sort of the big things here. Um were for the G8A1 LMG, that's IQ and Amaru's LMG. Mm-hmm. They increased the magazines from uh, 201 up to 300, 301 total rounds. Right. Um, so you used to have two... two you, well, wait. So did you used to have just one reload or you had two reloads? There was like three reloads because it carries like 50-something. Oh, I was thinking it carried 100. No, it carries like 50-something, like 52 or something. Oh, okay, like okay. So you have a total of 301 rounds, is that right? Right. Okay, cool. So that's, yeah, that's huge because now this becomes more of an LMG that you can just sort of spray uh, at the site and, um, you know, that kind of stuff. That oh, yeah, kind of I actually used to run out of ammo, or not run out of ammo, but I like get close to running out when I used the G8A1 as IQ. And mm-hmm. I'd be like... Because you try sure, to use it like an LMG. Yeah. Right. So it is, that is, that's a good change. Yeah, good change. I like that. Um Random, they moved the hostage on coastline in the theater room, I guess, to move it in front of the TV. I guess that was uh, too much of an advantage. I'm not really sure who plays hostage anymore. Yeah, I don't play the hostage. The amount of times hostage is played on coastline. Like, that's probably like one in 1,000 games. <laughs> it's got to be very small. Uh, okay, here's here's an interesting one. So they have under bug fixes. They, and for each one of these patches, they have a bunch of bug fixes, which a lot of them are so small we're not going to mention each one but they did have this interesting thing so it says fixed currently if vulcan shield explodes and kills the hostage the player that detonated the explosion is responsible now goyo and or his team are responsible in all situations so and then they have a comment goyo's vulcan shield kills will follow the same design philosophy of smoke and capital if the hostage dies or goes into dbl from the shield Goyo is responsible. If Goyo leaves the game or disconnects, his team is responsible. So one, does does uh, killing the hostage activate RFF? Yeah. No? I don't think it does. So that's, I guess, not an uh, issue. No, I think it does. Does it? If it does, that's a serious issue. But aside from that, let's not worry about that. Aside from that, um, I think this is a really stupid idea because Goyo, so the difference with Smoke and Capitao is each of them are in control of when that gadget detonates, right? And it's true that, that the other team could like carry the hostage into, uh, you know, Smoke's Smoke or whatever, and that would seem to not be fair. Uh, but that would be like a very determined, like Smoke through a Smoke, oh, go grab the hostage and throw it in there. Like that's... right hard to do um yeah so or whatever and and, and so the difference here is that goyo has no control over when his vulcan shield is detonated and not only that but the other team can intentionally detonate it right so now if i'm an attacker and there's goyo on the map and there's a there's a shield even if the shield is like far enough away from the hostage that it wouldn't reach them if i can clear sight the easiest way for me to win would be to grab the hostage walk over to the shield and blow it up yeah right instead of trying to extract right which seems stupid. Yes. It should be who... Co- because the only other way... Okay, so... We're like I don't understand why there was a problem in the first place. Because were they saying it's a problem because Goyo would put his 
shields just around the hostage that they, hopefully they'd shoot it. I suppose. But why would you be shooting at but, the hostage? But that's your fault, right? Yeah. Like, why would you be throwing a grid like what are you gonna throw a grenade at the hostage? Like what are you what are you doing shooting near the hostage like that? Right. Yeah, well I mean, yeah, it's a hundred percent your fault if you activate something that's close to the hostage as lethal to the hostage. Yeah. The same as if you fuse the hostage, it's your fault. Yeah. Um so yeah, I I think that's silly. And obviously that's a little bit of a fringe case, right? But I mean I could see it coming up in the game where it's like Hey, the extraction point for this hostage is kind of hard. Like, I got into the objective, but getting back out might be a challenge. But hey, there's this Goyo shield right here. I can just drop the hostage here, detonate it, and now all I have to do is make sure they don't revive the hostage. Right. And, and the Goyo shield might even kill it all the oh, way. Yeah, I don't know. Probably kill it. Yeah. I would think so. Definitely. So that seems really backwards to me. I don't know why they did that. Uh, but, I mean, I'd like to hear from those of you who play casual and who, who may have run into this or who do run into this over the next couple of weeks when the the patch actually comes out, uh, if you see this being a problem. Uh, I was looking up the hostage thing, and it seems like you get a notification if you're shooting at the hostage to not shoot your teammates or whatever, but it's not clear in anything whether or not you get reverse friendly fire i don't think it has rff because i've never seen them say anything about the hostage interacting with rff i mean they talk about it that shooting the hostage will shoot you instead of the hostage if you have rff activated mm-hmm. mm, then maybe it does well I, you know i would guess that it wouldn't activate it because there's no way for the hostage to forgive to forgive right um but I don't know. It, I don't think that really matters so much. But no. it is. It is. Fair. That would also be a problem, right? If if uh, you can activate RFF on Goyo, right? As an attacker, you're making him kill a hostage, or even even well, as his teammate, to kicked too for killing. The even hostage. as his teammate, you could troll him that way, right? Like, you, if there's a Goyo right. player, I guess you can't, you move, can't move the, move hostage, the hostage, hostage if you're his teammate. But if you put it close enough, you could intentionally kill the hostage. Which would be really stupid fall. right now, is Goyo to put it next to the hostage because then all I have to do is shoot it, and you're screwed. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, anyway, this isn't important because nobody plays hostage. <laughs> Some people do. Uh, August 27th patch. Um, so there was a bug in the TTS where Cav's face was melting, basically. And yeah. it was just like... It just stretched. Yeah, it was just stretched all the way like down to her feet, yep. basically. Like, it is really creepy looking. I'm sure if you've been on the red or whatever, you've probably seen some some screenshots. It's, it's pretty funny, but that, that was fixed in that patch. RFF is activated when you kill the hostage. There you go. So that's no probably verifi- yeah, no verification phase, obviously. Um, in this August twenty seventh patch, they also changed the radius, the vulnerability radius of deployable shields and Vulcan shields to explosive. So basically, they said that uh, the hitbox of the shields was too small. Players were getting frustrated. Now that sh- shields are becoming a bigger part of of the game, mm-hmm. players were frustrated with how difficult it was to destroy them with explosives. You had to be like pretty accurate. It, yeah, there wasn't a big enough right. radius you, where you, you could did. destroy it. So they've they've increased that a little bit. They're a little bit more vulnerable, which I think is good. Yes. All good so far, except for the Goyo thing. August 28th patch. Uh, okay, so they had an update on Valk cams. I didn't realize this, but apparently the the like the point at which the actual vision of the camera was, it was a little bit off from like the rotation point of the camera. So it was yeah. a little bit forward of yeah, that. Yeah, it was like at the tip of it. Yeah, so you could you could put the camera sort of behind something like a wooden beam or whatever, mm-hmm. and you would even though the camera was totally hidden behind it, you could you could see past it. Yeah, you could see through it, yeah. see past it because sort of the the vision point was farther out than the actual physical yes. camera. So they've fixed that. So now like you, your camera won't see as much if it's in these like really tight corners, right? Where it's behind something. 
Um, this will be interesting to see. Although it seems like in other situations, it would actually make it better. Like I know a lot of times you put it like underneath like a little bench or something, right? It makes it worse. Does it make it worse? Mm-hmm. Because it brings it further back. So I always throw cameras like underneath the bench on the top of the bench, but because mm. it's further down, the camera. Because yeah, if you do it on the floor, it would be better. But if you did it, yeah, like, I guess on the floor maybe it'd be a little bit better. Because you wouldn't get as much of the top of the yeah, I guess, so you I get guess less the bottom the of the dresser. But I'm always throwing like on a big one is cafe second floor hallway. There's those little like desk decorative things that are in the corners, and I throw them like underneath like the top part of the desk. So there's like a little like lip that comes down. Mm-hmm. And so when it's thrown there, you can barely see the camera, but the camera can see underneath the lip, and now it can't see underneath the lip mm, anymore. Interesting. So how do you feel about this change? I mean, it's it's a good change because it's stupid that the camera is invisible, but it can see you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it just sucks for like all these spots that people have learned that aren't. Yeah, it certainly nerfs the, some, some like really sneaky spots. But, uh, so yeah, they have a little video here of it, which I'll, I'll link to all these patch notes. And if you want to go see like the actual video where they show how it looks. You can do that. They're going to show the other video? No, it doesn't compare it, which is kind of silly. Yeah, the whole point is to compare. That was pretty stupid. This patch also updated the SMG recoil animation. So they said with Ember Rise, we updated SMG animations, and now each one has its own unique set of animations. Uh, The resulting effect is that there is less perceived shaking when ADS. This is an update to the animation only, and recoil has not changed. So they haven't changed anything technical, but just when you're shooting it will not look like it's shaking it much, which I think might help people aim yeah, better. It should. Even yeah. though nothing changed. Right. If it if it looks like it's where it actually is instead of like shaking around, it'd be better to control. Yeah, well, I think it's it's only the uh, the animation of the gun itself. I don't... Well, I guess the gun itself has the reticle on it, right? When you're ADSing. What do you mean? The gun has the reticle on it? Well, because I was, I was thinking of like a separate reticle on the screen, but when you're ADSing, yeah. then the reticle is your sight. So, right. yeah. So I, I think this will make people be able to aim a little bit better, which is cool. All right. And then uh, the last patch that they've had here since we last recorded and up to this point right now is August 29th. Um, they corrected, uh, so they didn't change anything here, but I guess the previous patch notes um said that Jackal's base damage was 38. Actually, it's 34. So some people were under the impression that Jackal's base damage had been increased, which was not true. They just had a typo on that previous patch. So Jackal's base damage remains at 34. Um, And then there's one thing I noticed here in the bug fixes. They said they fixed that barbed wire isn't destroyed by Vulcan shield explosion. So they intended for barbed wire to be destroyed by the Vulcan shield explosion, and it wasn't being destroyed. That makes sense. So if that was something you had worked into your Vulcan game, now you know that you will destroy barbed wire. And um, then lots and lots of uh, more little fixes. So if you care about the little stuff, go check out those patch notes. Yeah. So they. So yeah, they haven't released a patch since then, which make people. Some people were complaining that it's like the last week and they're not releasing like more, like not fixes, but like more like balancing stuff. And it's like, well, why would they like? The whole point of the three-week test server was to have two over and over and over and over again. And the last week, you can make sure that it's stable. There's nothing right. there. So why would they release something like two days before they're supposed to... Right, and possibly it doesn't break make any big. sense. Yep, no, this is good. Um, this is a, a good flow. Uh, oh, also, one more thing they fixed is uh, not being able to detonate nitro sometimes. So a uh, so few, few oh, people yeah. have posted that in the, in the server that they throw a nitro, they go to detonate it, and it won't detonate. It doesn't do anything. 
Um, so and they go to like pick it up and it detonates on them while they're picking it up. Yeah. That used to be a problem actually a long time ago. Yeah. The desync was, was pretty common. But yeah. Now it's been fixed for the most part. So they fixed it in this, uh, they, they sort of reintroduced that bug and they've been, they fixed it again. So that's good. Um, okay. Uh, I guess we can dive into your Reddit post, huh? Reddit post of the week. I will go ahead and send you a quick little linky to this bad boy. Send me the link. Link coming to... Give me you. a hyper link. I have clicked said hyperlink, and I am now looking at this Reddit post. Awesome. So this Reddit post is called the Falsely Banned Part 2 Ubi Support Threatens to Ignore Me. Oh, gosh. This sounds good. Yes. This is by u slash wanzer underscore mech. So... Very longer story short. Basically, this guy got banned. He went to support and had his appeal. His appeal was denied. And they wouldn't tell him why he was banned. He didn't get a reason why. It was just for cheating. He couldn't get a reason why. Just banned by BattleEye. So because of this, he hasn't been playing Arma or PUBG or any service that uses BattleEye because he doesn't want to get himself banned when he's not hacking. Okay. And so he mentions that he bought like a cheap SSD at Micro Center and it's a used SSD. And so what happened, he posted on the hacker forums to find out like what, why he got banned. And they said what probably happened is someone that used it before had used some sort of cheats on it and BattleEye blacklisted the SSD. And then it's mm. copied that HWID number. And so when that's used to play on these, any thing, again, even though there's no hacks on it, that HWID is blacklisted and it just automatically gets banned. So he got banned for nothing. He messaged support and they said you only get one appeal he made another account because they banned him his support tickets so he made another account to make another support ticket they said it's a this is a duplicate one and we're just going to merge it with this one so now he pm'd ubinoti and it's epi asking if they could like look over it and see stuff and uh ubinoti actually replied and said that he was going to look into it and he asked for the support ticket number so we'll see what happens from there but the problem here is not that he i mean this is this is a psa one of the comments says this is a psa do not buy a used hard drive which is probably good advice. Don't buy used hard drives. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Um, and this just sucks for this guy, right? But the problem is that he said he got banned. He wants to know why he got banned or what set off a ban, and they won't even tell him. Like that makes no sense. Yeah, uh, yeah. You I don't can't. Get that. You should give the reason. You should give a reason and the evidence of. Look, this is why. You you can see why we're showing you why. This is why it should be. Like that we had someone that, that we know that got banned for toxic behavior in Siege, and they don't know what they did. They don't mm-hmm. know what they did wrong. We're not saying that they didn't do anything wrong, but they don't know why they got banned, which yeah. it should show them you sent this text message or you have, we have this recording of you saying this stuff in voice chat, and it got you banned. It's all, it doesn't, they don't have to like argue of why it's okay that you got banned because of it. Just give them the evidence. Like I remember, so I used to be a mod on a Minecraft server. It's very popular server. It's called uh, MCSG or MCGamer.net. It was like the birth of Minecraft survival games. It's where it started. Um, and so I was a mod there. And anytime we would ban anybody, you had to have video evidence and you would post it in this like mod forum. And so when people would appeal their bans, the like senior mods would take the evidence that you sent to them and show it to the person and give them their video evidence of why they were banned. And that's how it should work. Sounds like, pretty intense. Yeah, it was good. It was smart because... There's no like question of like, oh, did you get rightly banned? And people could like go in the video and I had, there's two videos on my YouTube channel. They're like my most popular videos of me, like denouncing someone's ban of why they weren't <laughs> hacking and like yeah. slowing it down and reversing it and showing like that they're not hacking. I remember you banned them just because, um, they got some people on ban because of that, but it's like, 
any like justice system too, like United States and Canada, which is where Ubisoft is. Ubisoft Montreal. There's well, evidence. It's not a justice system. <laughs> I know, but that. <laughs> but that's a good model. What they should be like referring to, sure. or what they should be used to, is you're innocent until proven guilty. Proven guilty, you show evidence, and like, look, this is why. Not just you get put in jail and oh, you don't get to find out just because you did something wrong, but we're not gonna tell you. Like, no. Yeah, it's also frustrating when like. And and I get both sides, but it's frustrating when the people are like, yeah, I've messaged them and like they don't respond to me like they they won't. And like it's hard because like I get there's probably a ton of little kids out there who are, um, you know, hacking and getting banned and then messaging and saying, I didn't, you know, I didn't do it. And they totally yeah, did. Right. And so like like you just sort of become part of the noise when you're the one innocent person that yeah. they got screwed. But like it it is frustrating when the way you get noticed is by making this threat on Reddit that gets it gets big and it gets noticed by the community and then people in the community have like are going and making this big stink about it and that's when they care right like yeah. that, that's always a little frustrating to me anyway but good on ubi naughty for replying and for taking care of this i'm interested to see where this goes yeah i i asked the um i asked op what what happened so we'll see we can get an update on that but hopefully he's if he's telling the truth hopefully he's unbound yeah that sucks um good luck uh Wanzer mech yeah all right should we go to our favorite part of the podcast yeah let's do it pqs it's listener question time what's pqs podcast questions yeah okay good one i thought it was lqs but you know whatever lqs too they're the same thing it's listener question time here on unrenowned so uh, these questions come from mainly two places and you can ask your own there. And those places are on Twitter at R6Unrenowned. Uh, you can ask us questions there. Also follow us for random siege thoughts throughout the week and, uh, you know, just whatever else. Um, also join our Discord server where you can hook up with our community. We're over 400 strong, strong now and uh, we've got a channel there specifically dedicated to podcast questions where you can type a thing and maybe have it read on the podcast yeah we're working on if you want to join the discord it would be a great idea because we're working on making a some sort of community play day where the community competes for a tournament of some sort and wins the underground tournament we don't really know exactly how it's going to work but no but but i think it'll be fun the idea is out there yeah we should make this part of our like annual or like our one year celebration yeah that'd be cool um yeah uh also I mentioned before, if you want to follow either of us, you can follow me on Twitch, YouTube, and Mixer at Ryguy, W-R-Y-G-U-Y. And I am on the same platforms as Just Slow with Three O's, and also on Instagram as at Just Chris Davis. Yeah. So come hang out with us there. We stream Siege usually every Wednesday and most times on Friday, although sometimes we mix it up with other games. And then Rocket League always follows that up, and that's always a really good time. Yes. So Rocket come, League always follows it up. That's <laughs> true. And as much as we say we shouldn't, but it does. Uh, At least one game. Just one game. Just one game. <laughs> Ten games later. Forty games later. <laughs> come hang out. It's a lot of fun. Okay. Let's get into the questions from Twitter real quick because I actually have a few. So footballfan015 asked, hey, Unrenowned. Hey, at R6 Unrenowned. That's our handle. Do you think Ubi will ever make lighting in the game a real feature? I'd love to be able to tactically shoot out a light or something in a gunfight. Don't think it'll happen personally, but maybe if we ever got a sequel. Yeah, that's interesting. I I think the problem there is like then you had to like balance the maps like based on light too. Right. Like how much daylight there is or like if you're in the basement, like 
can you really just shoot out all the lights and then people are turning up their brightness all the way because all the lights are off and if that's going to yeah. affect things and i think they said something too very because people talked about this a long time ago because it i'm not sure if this still happens but it used to be if you like shot the light it would like flicker it was like a really long time ago and people like talked about like we should be able to shoot out lights to like get and siege has changed so much like now you don't even think about like oh shoot the lights on your way over there yeah, like yeah. sneak up like no um but i think they said something about like it has the the light isn't just like the light bulb like that's the source of light it's like the light's just there and the light bulbs are just like decoration kind of uh-huh. and so like you now you're making you have to say like okay well now this is the source of light and if this thing gets shot the light in all this area is supposed to be gone right and it's just a whole different system than what they have even set up right now yeah um so yeah it sounds like technically it would be a nightmare yeah. Um, so I, I don't think it will ever happen. Whether or not I think it should, I don't think so. Because like you're saying, that's a whole thing to balance around. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- like it would be cool because you would get operators that were like balanced around lights, right? Like operators have abilities that have to do with lights. Thatcher's EMP could take lights out or whatever, um, which I th- it already does, actually. It does, yeah. It does make the lights flash. Uh, but it doesn't make any big... It's no, it doesn't like make any good difference. It's, but you can tell. But yeah, and then there's there's always a thing of, you know, people adjusting their brightness settings to look better in the dark, and then you have to compromise between, do I want this game to look decent, or do I want it to look all washed out so I can have an advantage? You always have the advantage. Yeah, and that's it's like playing PUBG with high graphics and high grass. Like, no. You turn all that crap off, you go to low graphic settings. See, I just always find that stuff so annoying, because it's like, I put a yeah. lot of money into my PC, and I have to I play know. it like lower garbage settings so that I can compete with other people yeah. who are like adjusting their settings so they can see me better like and games look so so nice when you have like everything on like the bloom and everything like it looks so cool it looks good but playing that in a pvp is just not yeah it's, it's unfortunate not helpful um i mean if you want that game splinter cell exists and splinter cell is absolutely that game splinter and cool. even some of them have multiplayer i don't know when's the last time a splinter cell had multiplayer or if any of them are still like populated but yeah. uh i doubt it but i mean that that's been a thing before so that's the game for you Next question? Uh, I think that's going to do it for Twitter. Why don't you hit us with the Discord question? Five minutes ago, Ryan goes, I've actually got a couple of them on Twitter. Read one question. Okay, I'm sorry, but it turns out that the other question... I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, JPEG says, what about an operator that can shut down an electronic for a period of time via a laptop? So his basic idea is they... like go down in like a certain area and like type something on their laptop and it shuts down electronics in like a certain radius, um, like a 15 meter radius or something like that for just a small period of time while they're like hacking on the laptop. And then when they're done, the electronics are back. So it wouldn't destroy it. It wouldn't like give notification to like the defenders of like, Oh, this is destroyed or anything. It was like for Kaid's Artilla cloth, it would just stop making the sparks on like the reinforcement for like 10 seconds and then it would come back mm-hmm. up again when the hack's done. Okay. So he'd be completely vulnerable while he's doing this hacking thing. And it would just be about there might get on a charge and it would disable like a, it'd be cool too. If it would like, it, like electronics couldn't be activated during that time. So like art, like bandit couldn't do a bandit trick. Cause you have someone out there like typing on a laptop. Mm, yeah. That's it would cool. Just, it would be disabled. Um, yeah. That's cool. Because I was, I was thinking like, okay, what, why would you ever use this over Thatcher? Right. Um, cause Thatcher already has a pretty good radius. He can do it from outside of safety. He can throw it, you know, and it's, uh, it destroys things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you could, it'd be cool too, if like for, for cameras, you would get a temporary hack on the cameras. Oh yeah. Just while he's doing just that. As long second. as it lasts. Um, 
or wait, so what if what if he could he would have to be currently on the laptop? Is that what he's saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he's very, very vulnerable sitting there on a laptop. He has to stay on the laptop the yeah. whole time. Yeah, and it's only like a ten second That's interesting. worth of time. Yeah, now it would be cool if it att- if it affected like cameras where you could hack yeah. cameras for a limited amount of time. Because uh, then you're down a guy. Like Yes. And he's very easy to kill. Like a C4 from below, he's done. And it would be cool because you could do it from below, right? Because with Thatcher, mm-hmm. you really can't do it from below. Right. Unless it's like a really short ceiling. Right. Uh, with this guy, if you know, if you could like maybe stand on a desk or something, you might be able to to reach or whatever. Yeah. That'd be sweet. That would be cool. Um, and what was the other thing you said that would make it? You said something that, that I was like, okay, that would tricking. make it different. Like with bandit what? tricking? Oh, yeah, bandit tricking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you could stop it from activating. Yeah. That would, yeah. No, this is cool. I like this idea. Let's uh, let's send it over. Should I call Ubi? Well, it's already sent over. We talked about it on the Hello, podcast. Hello, Ubisoft. Yes, uh, we have an idea for an operator. They listen to the podcast. We don't even <laughs> need to do that. We're the most popular podcast in the world. We're the most popular, unrenowned podcast. True. You got it. About a Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, yeah. So that is that is a good question. And yes, I think that would be cool to have implemented. Good job, PepeLaugh.jpg. PepeLaugh. Okay. Um, next question comes from Maverick Ursiday. My question, have you seen the new Pro League team skins? What do you think of them? Any favorites? I, for one, love the SSG Echo and Fnatic Nomad. I think it's a great look. Yeah. The the um, Echo SSG one is cool because SSG didn't have one before. That was their that, that was their first one. And so it was exciting to have like an SSG skin. Um, and it it looks like pretty cool. Like it's a yellow skin. It, it looks cool. They they all look cool actually. Um, Vigils especially is sweet. Also ashes. Um, do we think it will help like the pro league though? Is that the question? The pro league fan base. Yeah, yeah. He asked if if will these skins help the help build the pro league fan base amongst the majority of players. I don't really think so. No, I don't think so. I don't think most players will see it beyond anything than just like some colors on a. Yeah. An operator. Now, it would be cool too is if they made like pro league had skins for like all the operators, I guess. And so when you're in pro league, like everybody had their team skin on their operators, so it would be their team versus team. Yeah, that would be sweet. Thing. Like these guys in the blue uniforms versus these guys in like the orange skins. I would support that. That'd be cool. But no, I don't think it's gonna like help build the fan base. It is it's a cool way for like the pro league to get revenue. The teams especially to get revenue. Yeah, does some of this go to prize money? I think so the split's like seventy thirty now, I think. So like thirty of it goes to the team, the other seventy percent goes to Ubisoft. Okay, so I'm not sure what Ubisoft does with the seventy percent, how they break that down. It used to be like a seventy twenty one nine split or something like that. I don't know what the nine was for. Hmm. Anyway. Cool. Okay, Ginger asked, what maps do certain ops do better on versus maps the ops do worse on? For example, Cav has a better time in the dark, confusing hellhole known as theme park, but struggles on smaller maps like House. I miss House already. It's not even gone, and I'm sad. I know. It sucks. Um, But we can do 5v5 customs and play House all we want, so. Yeah. Well, you you can probably guess the first operator I'm going to say that matters what map you're on, and that's going to be Castle. Oh, yeah. Was, uh, I thought you were going to say Maestro, but yeah. And that's more objective-based. Yeah, I think, more based honestly, objective. a better question here is what objectives do operators do better on? Because there's some operators that are really, really good on one objective on a map and not good on any other objective on that map. Mm-hmm. Like Castle, you would use him on Clubhouse and Basement and Gym. Right. But not really in Cash. Right. Or 
the first floor objective that we never play. Bar? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I'm kind of interested to think about, like, maps, too. And maps is probably more attackers that would be bad or good yeah. than defenders. Well, I think, like, again, I'm trying to think of operators like Buck, for example. He's really good on some sites on, like, uh, clubhouse where he can shoot through the floor better. But, like, basement, he's not as strong because he can't shoot through the floor there on a lot of parts of the basement. Um, the organ is another one where, like, he's he can be pretty good, like, attacking, like, kids' bedroom from below or, like, throwing frags in certain spots. But on basement of organ, there's nothing there. He is very good on border, though. Mm-hmm. Buck on border is my pick every single time. Somebody like uh, Clash, she tends to do really well on maps that don't have a lot of options for getting around. So, like, something yeah. like Plane is really great for Clash or for, yeah. like, Montaigne, too. Yeah, also. Um, where you really only have to worry about sort of one direction most of the time. Yeah, Clash is bad on certain maps. Like, Skyscraper is really hard to play Clash because there's so many, like, different ways that they're coming in, different windows that they're shooting mm-hmm. to you from that it's, like, where do I face? Coastline also is hard for Clash. Yeah. That's another way they're like they're on the courtyard or like they're outside the um VIP window or they're coming from the uh, cool vibe stairs and it's like what direction should I be looking at? Yeah. Um I always like I always like Hibana on maps that have either um like skylights or uh or just lots of hatches. Obviously that's always good for Hibana, but like when there's skylights and you can do a hard breach from outside, you know, from safety, I always think that's a really good uh, use for Hibana. Yeah. So I like that. Um, just some of these guys are just good on all maps. Like right. Vigil. And some of them are like just equally like vigil. Like I feel like it doesn't matter at all. Yeah. Very. The map I mean, is... I guess, I guess bigger and more mazy is probably better for vigil in the same way it is for Cav. But, uh, but for the most part, like I don't think, if he's too much affected, you know, somebody like, like Lion or Finca, it really doesn't matter what map it's going to be. Yeah. I think Mute has certain strengths on certain maps where there's like less staircases. There's less places for drones to get in. If you're trying to jam drones as Mute, less drone mm-hmm. holes. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently Canal, when they redid like the drone holes and stuff, they like took them all out of the east side of Canal. It's like the control oh. center building. They're like all gone, I guess. Someone was talking about that in the TTS subreddit, and they were saying like it's a huge problem because you can't get drones in. But I haven't seen that problem while we've been playing. No, me neither. Like you'd have to throw it in through a window. I'm like, yeah. What do you? How do you get your drone? Like that's yeah. what I do ninety percent of the time. Yeah, I open a window, I throw my drone in the window. Uh, I know Warden is one that you do, and it's pretty, it's objective specific, but also yeah. like like an organ. I feel like you use him. Yeah, on organ sites. bank chalet. And my whereas uh, on other, most other maps you don't use him at all. Yeah. Meister actually is one too. Like as much as Meister is one of my favorites, and it, it, you could argue he's my main operator. Like, there's some apps I just don't touch Meister at all. Something like a, like Clubhouse, you know, where it's just like where the objectives are really exposed. Yeah. Like I just feel like there's there's not a ton of use for Meister on a lot of those objectives. Um, anything where they have to like really get into the building before they can start pushing the objective, that's where I feel like I can make good use of, of good use of Evil Eyes. Right. Um. Yeah, and then and then I always have my operators. It's like no matter the map, no matter the the uh the site, this is just sort of like a good go to anytime. Those are like alibi, rook. Those Dot. are really great just go tos. What about attack? We haven't talked much about attackers. Yeah, we have. Glass is bad on all maps. <laughs> Glass is yeah now bad on every single map other than plane. 
Um, IQ, I, we, when I did the IQ spotlight, I mentioned that she was better on maps that had more vertical play mm-hmm. because she could shoot the gadgets from below. Also, just when she's playing against Vigil or Pulse. Yeah. Um, I really like Capital for maps and, again, objectives that have uh, good choke points. Yeah. Mir is another one that's... I guess she's really strong almost everywhere, but like she's, some maps she's picked more often. Really, I guess it's objective-based for yeah, her. Yeah, I feel like she's a little bit more objective-based, but there are some maps where she has two or three good objectives as opposed to one. That's where I really like Capital is when I know there's a good mirror placement like bank of or basement bank basement organ i know those mirrors are always going to be there and that's a really uh-huh. good time to pick a cappy tower or a ying burner out totally um yeah that's about as good as i can answer that i think legion's good everywhere yep maverick's another one anywhere where there's like critical uh hard walls Especially when there's critical hard walls on multiple angles or multiple sides. Yeah, or like weird ones well. that people don't normally push, but it's always reinforced. Like Vault, for example, Vault of uh, uh, Villa. Yeah. People hardly start breaking in. The, I mean, it happens more often the higher you go, but that's a really good spot to put a Maverick hole and just wait for people to rotate through the vault because it yeah. happens all the time mm-hmm. and they're never looking. Yep. Cool. Okay, let's get another question. Our next question comes from Spotwick. Uh, he says, thanks for the awesome podcast. You are welcome. Just cut up in some missed episodes over this summer. Two questions. What do you guys think about... Slow down. I can't hear you. You can't hear me? You I can't, can't understand, I can't understand you. I was actually talking pretty clear. Uh, Spotwick says, thanks for, the, for an awesome podcast. Just cut up in some missed episodes from over this summer. Two questions. What do you guys think about adding the suicide bomber from Terrace Town as a defender? Also, thoughts on giving ops a choice to either self-detonate, shoot with a pistol with blurred vision, or throw a frag after being downed. This popped into my head after noticing cooked grenades do not explode once you're downed or killed. Um, so let's start with the bomber. Okay. I mean, they took the bomber out of terrorist hunt because he wasn't fun. So adding him to PVP does not sound like a good idea. Now, I don't know if that was a serious question or a joke, but somewhere in between, probably. Yeah. No. Um, I shook my head violently when you said giving ops a choice to either self detonate or shoot with a pistol once you're down. No. Mm-hmm. So let me tell you a little story about a game called Call of Duty 4 4 Modern Warfare. (laughs) (laughs) Call of Duty 4 used to have a perk called Last Stand. uh, And unfortunately, it was... So they had had perks from... There were like three different uh, categories of perks. So blue perks were mostly about like gadgets, explosives, that kind of stuff. Red perks were more about um, like the amount of damage you could deal or take or how fast you healed, that kind of stuff. Like stuff around your player uh, damage output and reception. And then uh, green perks were more like sort of abilities. Like uh, there was extreme conditioning where you could sprint farther or iron lungs where you could hold your breath longer. There and was... then there was last stand. And no, last stand was, was a green perk. What was the... Dead, not dead, dead silence. silence. No, no, no. Uh, eavesdrop? Eavesdrop, yeah. Yeah, eavesdrop. <laughs> you perk could, in the game. <laughs> you, could, you could hear the enemy squad's comms, which when it worked, it was really cool, but almost never worked because yeah. it was Party silly. chat. Uh, and party chat and also very low uh amount of low uh no um radius or like distance oh uh, yeah effective distance range that's the one that's what i'm looking for okay so last time was a green perk which uh meant that you could sacrifice something that wasn't super critical for it and uh last stand meant that when you got shot you would be downed and have a pistol out and be able to uh to kill people with your pistol um and COD 4 did not have, like, DBNO. That wasn't a thing. So, like, 
you weren't used to having to like finish a kill on the ground ever. And so people would just go down and there was no animation between, or if there was, it was like really, really fast. They're I don't invincible think there's any animation. during the animation. So, so you, there was like, they would instantly go from standing up to on the ground, like one frame animation basically. And, uh, and then suddenly they were shooting back at you with a deagle. <laughs> like, it was very frustrating, not fun at all. Um, and it would be very bad for Siege. The the problem with it too, especially in COD 4, is they were invincible like during like for like a split second after they were on the ground too. So like you'd be yeah. shooting at them and they wouldn't be dying because they're, st- I guess, kind of in the transition of like changing still uh-huh. to a DB and no state. But it's like in Siege, like you down someone, you move on. Like you don't focus on that guy, especially if like you have a diffuser down. Like it's... Uh, we were playing Skyscraper the other day, and I was playing like a 1v2. They had the bomb planted. Thatcher was like outside the karaoke window, and I got a Habana down that was in Geisha. And I didn't even like think about like, I just shot her through the wall and she went down. I didn't even like try to run into Geisha and kill her. It's like, no, right. move on. Yeah, she's done. But I don't want to have to worry about like, she has a hole from Geisha going into karaoke. I don't want to have to think like, I downed her, but she's going to have a pistol out like waiting on me. Yeah, so it, com- it completely changes the game yeah. um, in, in a negative way, I feel like. Uh, and and like I just feel like when you get down, you lost the fight. You know, you're right. down because you lost the fight, and that right. doesn't mean that you get to have a gun now or you get to throw a frag grenade, which is like super uh, deadly and stuff. Like that, no, I don't think so. What I might be receptive to is like a certain operator that had a certain ability to do this, right? So Doc is one operator who can revive himself when he's down. Nobody else can do that. I right. guess Sophia can. Uh, you know, something like that. Ella. I don't know. If, most people probably don't even know this. I didn't realize it until recently. She can detonate a concussive grenade in her hand if she's down. Yeah, if she still has one. If she still has one, which is very interesting. I would be receptive to maybe some operator having some ability to, you know, to do something like this. Some, maybe somebody like a smoke or a similar operator could, like, detonate a gas canister on himself when he's down so you have a better chance of getting to him and revive. Or, like, a smoke grenade or something. You know, somebody could, could pop a smoke when they go down so it's a little bit harder to finish them off and they can yeah. maybe crawl away. Something like that would be cool. Or maybe somebody who crawls faster when they're down and doesn't leave a blood trail. You know, it'd be cool to have somebody who has like small abilities like that. I don't think I would ever be receptive to like, now you have a pistol in your hand and you can shoot. Yeah. that I, I don't, I don't like that idea of like still being a threat after you were down. Like what if it was something you were... where you had one shot? No, I don't want still that. No. no, I don't want to have to worry about like someone that, I mean, but the thing, like, if it's if it's not all operators, right? It's this is this operator's special ability, because that's what special abilities should do. They should mix up the game, right? Yeah, but then you're still breaking a part of the game. That's well, that's what all the op- that's what all the abilities do if they're good. But I don't think you should. Maestro brought bulletproof cameras right. that you could destroy. When we're shooting at you after they were down in COD Four. You don't like this idea. <laughs> no, I know, but but the difference is in COD Four, you couldn't tell that you they were going to have last no stand, and also it was implemented in that's weird true. ways. And they had Desert Eagles. Like <laughs> that's that's true. So so that's different. And like like I I am okay with a certain operator having a certain ability that that seems to be game breaking, uh, because Jaeger again would have been game breaking if he was introduced in year four. Yeah, that's true. Um, as to your last statement, cooked grenades do not explode once you're downed or killed. That is that. That's that's true. true. They just disappear. I've um, definitely been killed by like a sledge holding a grenade, getting killed, and then this grenade and it drops. On me. Yeah, are you sure he didn't throw it? Maybe he threw it like right before he died. Because I'm pretty sure you don't drop cooking grenades. I'm trying to think because I feel like I remember this happening, like someone dying and their grenades just on the floor, which I actually think is good. Um, I, I, like it's a little bit unrealistic; it breaks the flow or whatever. But 
that that was always another frustrating thing again in COD 4. There was a perk called Martyrdom where you would drop a live grenade every time you died. That was very annoying and broke the flow of the game. Um, but even just like when you're holding one and you drop it, it's it's just like it feels unfair a little bit. I, I don't know. I like that I one. I would like be if okay. You're, like, you're cooking your grenade and you're like holding it, and someone turns the corner and like sprays you down. Like it should just drop and explode. Like. Because you were holding, like you were defenseless. Yeah. It's not like you weren't defenseless and like you died and you just like dropped a grenade. Like you were completely defenseless because you were trying to and throw you, a frag. You were holding a live grenade. Yeah. Um, I I guess one thing to consider is that could cause a lot more team kills. Definitely could. Right. So like if I'm standing by two of my teammates getting I'm cooking a frag and somebody surprises me with a headshot and I've been holding it for a long time already, it just instantly kills my teammates. Like that that doesn't sound fun for anybody. Maybe for the maybe for the defender who killed me. <laughs> So I, I, I could kind of go either way on that one, but I think I think let's leave it as it is. I think it's kind of better to be safe. Agreed. Jukas asks... We have to check on that, though, because I feel like I remember them going down. Somebody confirm. Confirm or deny in podcast feedback. Let I us can't know. can't find it with a Google search. Jukas asked, who is your favorite Pokemon? Charizard. Charizard. This is always a tough question because it's hard to balance, like, tough Pokemon or favorite Pokemon that's like viable to use in the game versus just like favorite cool. design. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, one of my favorites is Charmander who obviously a Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, I also like uh, Squirtle and Wartortle and, and Charmeleon. I like both of those better than, than uh, their final evolutions, Blastoise and Charizard. I also really like Cubone and Marowak. I think they're like really cool designs for Pokemon, but they're just not Cubone. You don't know who Cubone is? He's a little like dinosaur looking guy with like the, the skull on his head. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's he's not very good. Like he's yeah. okay, uh, but he's not that good. But he's he's one of my favorites. Yeah. Um Falco. Wait, is that not a Pokemon? <laughs> he looks like a Pokemon. Maybe a little bit too uh human like pikachu's cool but not i wouldn't say he's one of my favorite pokemons pikachu's all right it's like he's he's obviously like oversaturated right yeah but he like i don't hate pikachu pikachu's fine trying to look at this list of pokemon seeing who really stands out i like um farfetch'd farfetch'd is a pretty cool design yeah obviously these are going to be all gen one for me because I'm freaking old, and <laughs> those are the only ones I ever played. I too. mean, I've I've played like I think Gen two and maybe Gen three Pokemon games, but these just don't stick with me as much as the Gen one guys do. Diglett's fun. <laughs> Diglett is cool. I like Diglett. Uh, I'm trying to think of any like water Pokemon that I like. I kind of like uh, Staryu and Starmie. They're pretty cool. Okay. But yeah, if I, if I have to say absolute favorite, I'd probably say Charmander. What about Geodude? He's all right. Oh, I actually really used to love uh, Bellsprout. Really? Yeah. Bellsprout's I don't know why. so lame. I don't know why. I just always loved, like, I always thought, oh, my Bellsprout's so cool. Oh, I also used to like um, Ponyta and Rapidash. They were good, too. Pokemon. Right. Let's move on. Have you filled up your Pokedex on Pokemon Go? <laughs> Have you played Pokemon Go? Yes. Good. I haven't. Why are you asking me that? I don't know. <laughs> uh, Steel Switch asks, which operator would you want to be best friends with? 
Thatcher seems like he's got your back if you're his friend, as we saw in yeah. that short. So Thatcher's a tough dude and Thatcher. won't let people mess with his people. So he throws pool balls at people. Sounds pretty good. Uh probably Tachanka. <laughs> he seems like a fun loving kind of guy. That's mostly based off the community's interpretation of him, not anything that we've actually seen, but <laughs> Oh my gosh. What? I just the Capcan Karkan thing, the reference. I understand why I get it. My what? We have a friend whose wife like learned Russian or Russian. Russian or whatever in college. And so he asked her how to pronounce Kapkan and she said Karkan, which like technically with the phonetic spelling that it's spelled in English is right, but I'm sure the spelling is different when it's put in Russian characters, which makes it Kapkan. But sorry. It just clicked. Okay. <laughs> Do you know Russian pronunciation of letters? Yeah. Okay. Random. Congratulations. Did you not know I'm learning Russian? Oh, yeah. I forgot about I'm that. I'm in Russian class. You're taking... Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mozzie would be cool. He seems like a cool oh, guy. Oh, yeah. Mozzie seems cool. He's funny. I'd probably be best friends with Mozzie. Maybe Warden. You probably get into some pretty good parties. Yeah. He's a secret service. Yeah, but I feel like they can be too serious. Yeah. Why but so if he could just get me in the parties. Yes, that's fun. true. Yeah. Uh, Mozzie, I think, would be probably the closest. Go back up to, like, the original the legacy operators. Ash might be cool. Like, the FBI SWAT guys. They seem like they're just, like, a cool group What about of a full CTU? If you could spend a day with an entire CTU just, like, hanging out, who would you choose? It'd either be SAS or FBI. I'd probably go SAS. Those guys seem pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're over here fantasizing about hanging out with <laughs> fake video game characters. You don't do that often? Uh, I guess Master Chief. Got egg. Got egg asks, since we said some two-speed defenders are getting ACOGs, because which defenders do you think will benefit the most out of an ACOG? So first of all, I don't think they said that some two-speed defenders are getting ACOGs. I think they said they're like uh, reconsidering their position on it, more or less, or like they're evaluating whether or not that should be their position. What is, where is this? Um, because What's-His-Face got an ACOG, Goyo. But they haven't said anything about it. No, they did. They, like when he got an ACOG, people were saying he's the first two speed with an ACOG, and they said something along the lines of like, "Oh, we're, I need to go back know, and find this." That's like, interesting. That's that's not like we're we're questioning or not questioning, but we're like ex- exploring why that's our design philosophy and if it needs to be kind of something along those lines. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I, I don't think that they've said that more people are going to get one, but if we were to talk about some people who could get one, mute and smoke should get one on the SMG eleven. No. <laughs> that no. takes you back to the worst spawn peaking days. No. The SMG 11, the 416C, the MP7. Uh, let's see. What's two speeds do we have here? So there's Castle. But, but Ryan, ACOGs are not OP. They are not the most viable site out of all the sites. No, yeah. Definitely not. There's definitely... There's perks to all the sites, Ryan. They options. all have their ups and downs. Yes. Castle is one that could benefit, I think. We've talked yeah, about Castle being a little bit of a little bit of a buff. Uh, but then would you have to give it to Pulse? Two speed defenders. Um That would be the first time you don't give an attachment to both. Yeah, it would be, huh? That would be a problem probably. 
Although I feel like a lot of pulses use the uh, shotgun anyway, but maybe it would change if they had the ACOG. Yeah, I think it would definitely change if they had an ACOG. Um, I mean, Frost? You could just make it not work. I would be totally fine if they just said you can't equip it as pulse. Yeah, I mean, I'd be fine with that too. Frost? Yeah, Frost could use one. Yeah, because she's, she's got a slow firing, not that high damage gun. Mm-hmm. That, I think that'd be a fair little buff to you Frost. You know, a three speed could use one? Warden? Yeah, one speed? Yeah, that's what I mean. Warden. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Warden should probably have one because he's he should be a hardcore anchor. I feel like yeah, that'd be good for him. Valkyrie definitely not. Uh, she's good enough already. Legion no, definitely not. He's also very good. Ella, you should know she's three speed. She's three speed. Yeah. Uh, Vigil's three. Alibi's three. Was that it? Yeah. There are not a lot of two speed defenders. No, a lot of them are either three or one. Yeah, so I'd say uh, Castle and Frost I think would be good. Good. Uh, Candidates for an ACOG. Interesting yeah. question. I or they could just remove the ACOG from everybody in the game, except, except for, DMRs. for DMRs. Yep, I would. I would love to try that. I think I, that's yeah, so. I interesting. would love to try it to see what happens. That's a great idea. Um, next question comes from Clapbomb STVI. He says, "I know you guys are huge Halo fans. What is your favorite campaign moment during the entire Halo series?" Ooh, one moment during the entire Halo okay. series. Ryan, you start. So, I mean, I have a lot, and I'll, I'll give some honorable mentions after that. If I had to pick an absolute favorite... <sighs> okay, wait, can I pick two? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. pick a gameplay favorite and then, like, a, a like a, um, you know, story moment. Okay. Type of favorite. Okay. <sighs> so, my gameplay favorite comes down to between the beach landing on Silent Cartographer and the Warthog run on the Maw at the end of Halo 1. Okay, yeah. And I think I'd go with the Warthog run. That is just so epic. And like it's it's not as fun to revisit as the beach landing is. The beach landing I could just like come back and play like like once a month and like just have a ton of fun with it because it's like it's right there at the beginning level. It's so fast and like you just get right into it and it's super fun. Yeah. Whereas the other one you have to go through the whole level and then like going back through it again, it's not quite as epic as it was the first time when you've you know, you felt all the emotion of the whole campaign and all that stuff, you know. Um but I think overall, I would probably say the Warthog run on the Maw is my favorite gameplay moment. Okay. Do you want to do the same? Do you want to do gameplay and story moment? Yeah. Okay. What's your favorite gameplay? Uh, favorite gameplay moment of all Halo. I'm trying to think of Halo Reach has anything that beats. Reach has some good stuff. Reach, I feel like, is a strong campaign throughout, but I don't know if it has as many, like, peaks as some of the other halo games do probably like the the like just getting into the banshee on assault and control room is like so much fun okay like the first time you're in the banshee it starts uh-huh. playing out like banshee music on a pale horse is what ding, it's called ding, 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 yeah ding, ding, ding. That's so, oh, that's so good. That's, I actually really like yeah, that. Yeah, and then you're fighting, like, the Wraiths and the Banshee, yeah. and there's, like, there's so many enemies. So like, you're really starting to have some fun. Yeah, that's that's when it that campaign really opens up and gets epic. It's it's very good. Of course, this is all from Halo 1, because that's our, like, canon Halo game. Um, story moment, I actually would say Halo Reach, after Jorge dies, or, like, I guess, as like, Jorge's death, and then, spoilers, by the way, if you haven't played Halo Reach yet. There's Pale Horse. That's straight up Banshee music. It's very good. Uh, when Jorge dies, 
um, he throws you out of the ship. The ship blows up and he says, you know, make it count or whatever, something like that. You're falling down to the surface of reach in space and you just see all these covenant ships just dropping out of slit space over in orbit. Just and it's like you just went through this whole huge mission to destroy this covenant carrier or whatever that was that was uh, orbiting reach. It was the only covenant ship in the area. And then as soon as you succeed, it just becomes this massive invasion that's just like completely negates the victory you won. Right. Yeah. And like Reach does this throughout. Like it's it's you notice it very quickly. Like this is the theme of Reach is like the Spartans win the fight and then immediately something happens to like completely negate the victory. And it happens like nearly every mission. It just keeps happening, keeps happening. Like more and more of team of noble team dies. Uh, you know, at the very end, Noble Six dies on his own. And like hey, the one thing, know if he dies. That's true. We don't know. We we never saw him. Watch him appear. Necessarily expire. <laughs> the one thing that finally mattered in the end was that they got Cortana on board the Pelican to get to Master Chief. Yeah. And that's the one thing that mattered and in the end. That saved the whole galaxy, right? So that that's like super cool. But I just, I love that moment of just like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> like Jorge just died for nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I think my. Probably my favorite gameplay moment is just when um, uh, Master Chief has been working with the monitor for like the whole time or oh, three, three, four, three, three, spark, spark. finally gets back to the two betrayals level and Cortana's talking to him like, what are you doing? And yeah. they're like arguing. He like walks up and goes, wait, stop. <laughs> <laughs> and he like finally figures out like what's going on. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is good. And then like he's, she's like, she says, uh, Halo doesn't kill Flood. It kills their food, right? It yeah, kills yeah, all yeah. life in the galaxy. And he turns to 343 Spark. He's like, is it, is it true? And 343 Spark is like, well, yes. <laughs> like, it was totally obvious the whole time. Like, well, yeah, of course. Like, how could you not know that, Reclaimer? <laughs> it's, like, it's very funny. It's good. Uh, yeah, those are such good games. I love those games. I just can't wait till it comes to PC. I cannot wait um oh i also really love on on two betrayals uh which is it's assault on the control room in reverse except mm-hmm. this time there's flood uh when you get to that big huge open area and there's like a huge flood army fighting a huge covenant army and you're just kind of in the middle of it you know what i'm talking about there's like the wraiths and there's uh and they're like there's flood just fighting them you remember this part you you can be in a ghost at that point no like what part of the open field is this so two betrayals, snowy, big snowy field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is this like before the part where you cross the inside of the bridge, or after that? The inside of the bridge, like the parts, like on like Salt and Control, you be like you're in the Scorpion, you finally get like inside of like that kind of building, oh. which is a huge chasm. Uh, I think it's after. No, it might be before that. I don't remember. Anyway, we'll have to play through it again. One of the open fields. Okay. This should be after my month of shooter campaigns. We'll just play through all the Halo campaigns once it comes to PC. Once it comes to PC, for yeah. sure. I can't wait for that. Play it. All right. Watch next it be question. where you can't play with friends like on campaign across. <laughs> that suck. Wait, what? Watch it be like you can't play with friends multiplayer campaign. Oh, that would be the worst. Literally the worst. <laughs> uh. GR Mutant asked, I'm a console gamer and looking to start PC gaming. Where is a good place to get a good solid PC build or parts for about a $600, $700 budget? So we already sort of talked about this on another podcast. I think what we'll do is we'll we'll write up a little post on the podcast facts channel because we do get asked this a lot. Um, just about, you know, 
recommendations for building PCs, and maybe we'll link to a few good resources for that. The place I would tell you to shop, I'm, I'm assuming you're in the U.S., is Newegg.com. Newegg.com like has awesome prices, and like especially if you watch for sales and stuff, like they they do a really really good job good job with PC hardware. So that's where I always buy all of my stuff. Um, Amazon. So I'd recommend that. And then as far as six hundred seven dollar budget, just remember you don't have to have the best of everything. Yeah, I would check out uh, Reddit. Uh, the subreddit R build a PC. That's a good one to like ask good questions or like to just resource of archived threads of people asking probably very similar questions you have with your questions being answered. Yeah. And then PCPartPicker.com where you can literally put your PC together and it will show you the prices among different stores. And then that grant, I'd I'd wait for sales. So there's no reason. Like my my problem with buying stuff is I want something and I go buy it. I don't care about waiting for a sale. And yeah. I, I get lucky sometimes. Like when I bought my TV, it was fifty dollars off. When I got my Apple Watch, it just happened to be fifty dollars off that day. Mm-hmm. And neither of the days I was like looking for the sale, I was like, I'm going to go buy a TV right now. Yeah. And then it happened to be fifty bucks off. Lucky. Yeah, I got I get lucky sometimes. But wait, because if you have a six to seven hundred dollar budget, you could get like a really good PC if you wait for really good deals, or you could just get like a just okay gaming PC. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also just you could ask in the cigar lounge. I'm sure there's people in there who build PCs and mm-hmm. that's in the Discord is what I'm talking about. Okay. Uh that's going to be all of our questions for today anything else you want to add to this short episode of unrenowned no i i, I think i think we're good 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 i think it's a good 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 episode as you say yeah <laughs> okay guys thanks so much for listening don't forget we stream siege every wednesday so come and watch us there and then today is friday because we're releasing on fridays now and we also stream friday night so come hang out with us and look forward to a new unrenowned episode next friday Just goodbye.